Welcome to Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast, a podcast intended not just for parents or caregivers, but individuals seeking guidance around challenging behaviors or recurring and negative patterns in your life. Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast aims to have you asking, who am I parenting here, my child or myself? This podcast has a vision of you, the adult, stumbling upon a new relationship with the child you once were. Parenting is no easy task, but it doesn't have to be a burden. We are happy you are here. I'm your host, Julie Clark, child and youth care practitioner, registered psychotherapist and trauma therapist. I want to break down barriers related to stigma and seeking help for mental health. If something in this podcast resonates with you, I urge you to reach out to a licensed or registered healthcare professional. Don't go at it alone, and let's get started. Good morning, Jane. Hi, Julie. Hi. I'm <laughs> so excited to talk to you today. I know. I, I don't know how we haven't met already like, in person or like on <laughs> Candy's Zoom class. Well, yeah, I guess this is, yeah, I'm going to try. It. Yeah, I guess this podcast is it. And I was just thinking before we connected, I was like, okay, Julie, contain your excitement because it's, <laughs> because I, I, you know, I'm so, of course I've seen your name a gazillion times and, and you mentioned the study group. And, um, so I was looking up your website and everything like that and the work that you're doing as, you know, a movement practitioner as a body worker. I don't know, not a body worker, but a movement practitioner more so, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gyrotonic. Yeah. So um, I'm just ecstatic to talk to you. So, <laughs> um, so thank you for taking the time yeah. to uh, connect with me today. Um, so I'd like to get started. And there's a, about three questions that I like to ask most people on the series. And the reason I decided to do a somatic experiencing practitioner series is because I am getting so many requests for somatic experiencing specifically. And I'm a mental health clinician, but this is only one side or one piece of somatic experiencing. And so I wanted to enlighten myself as well as others that are very adept at seeking out somatic work for themselves because I've not had as many direct contacts specifically for that work uh, prior to the pandemic. It is, um, yeah, so it's just interesting. Anyhow, so I want to learn more about the body side of things because, of course, it goes hand in hand. And so curiously, what brought you to somatic experiencing work? Uh, well, initially, one of my longtime gyrotonic clients, uh, when I lived in Kansas City, uh, she was a, she's an equus therapist mm -hmm. and a counselor, mm -hmm. and she had met Candy Smith mm -hmm. and really liked her work and was like, Jean, I really think you would like Candy's work. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. uh, I had never previously in my life, I'd only done a little bit of like traditional counseling. Mm -hmm. uh, and it uh, personally, and it, it never felt right. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it just, I think coming from a dance background, mm -hmm. and so my body mm -hmm. being a tool that had I had learned to really listen and trust through improvisation as a dancer mm -hmm. and movement, um, deep, 
deep uh, exploration of movement mm -hmm. that setting that aside on a couch <laughs> and working on this other thing mm -hmm. didn't make any it didn't resonate with you at all it, no i didn't get it mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. and so um yeah and this person she's a client and i i also really respect her and mm -hmm. i was like okay i'll give it a try i had started a new relationship um mm -hmm. who i'm now married mm -hmm. and i was like yeah it's a good time i should probably let's give it a whirl and mm -hmm. so i i figured i would give it like three sessions mm -hmm. um and uh quickly it became like my favorite thing I did all month. Like oh, I was good. looking forward oh, to this awesome. hour with Candy oh, every wow. month. Um, and, and she is a mental health clinician. So you had the best of both worlds. Well, not the best of both worlds. You had, you were able to sort of explore, you, you were aware of the therapy world, but not in a way that it resonated, but the, the body side of it really spoke to you. It sounds like. It was the, the, I mean, it's hard to remember back that many mm -hmm. years ago now, um, but uh there was something true in my body uh that instantly resonated it, it, from the from the work i had already done as a dancer and mm -hmm. a mover mm -hmm. that i don't know maybe i'm sure because candy's a, an expert <laughs> and i'm sure she was able to see like okay this is the way we're going to go with the work she mm -hmm. is a a super sensor like mm -hmm. this is what mm -hmm. this is how we're going to guide her mm -hmm. so within within a year uh i started uh instead of talking about or like half the session mm -hmm. you know i'd work on my own thing and then i'd mm -hmm. be having questions for her about my clients mm -hmm. because i have always tended to have um clients in my practice that have chronic pain, mm, of course, uh, yeah. injuries, accident, car accidents, surgeries, yeah. joint replacements. Um, I, when I was a new trainer in New York, uh, I have a joke, but like the trainer, the, the student owner and trainers would send me the people that mm -hmm. nobody else really wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was too complicated. They were right? too complicated. Yeah. And, and it wasn't that I was maybe so good at it at that point. It just like, sh I was like the runt of the studio. So mm -hmm. let's send Jane these people. But it was in a way a really good education because mm -hmm. I had to figure out kind of trial by fire. Cause in, in the movement background, definitely as a dancer, we're not trained how to work with trauma. And, mm -hmm. you know, 99% of the clients who come in for fitness based work they they might call what I do fitness. I don't really call it that, but mm -hmm. um, they're generally trying to work with and mitigate symptoms mm -hmm. of a greater picture mm -hmm. that they may or may not be wanting to go for mental health work, yeah. you know, concretely towards mm -hmm. that. Uh, so yes as soon, within the year of of being a client in se i started to see real applications for this in the mm -hmm. work i was doing professionally awesome. uh and candy was like you know maybe you should just you know try the first module mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh the first module that's where it starts the first that's module where it started. <laughs> i just uh, suggested that to someone this week and i'm like oh yeah that's where it starts <laughs> 
And I remember I did break in one when Joshua Silva, and I remember he had this, um, he showed this video of uh, the planets moving around the sun. Okay. Not and seen then that like, one. <laughs> you know, and then, so you're like watching this and you're like, oh, cool. And then he starts to show how the planets and the sun is moving through space mm-hmm. and the planets aren't making circular pathways or elliptical pathways. They're making spirals through the mm-hmm. universe. And the whole of gyrotonic is based on spiraling pathways mm-hmm. through the bones, the tissue, the body as it's, as a whole. <laughs> And the concepts of titration, we call it pulsation. There's mm. so many carryovers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That, so you're already doing gyrotonic stuff before you were. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I've been a gyrotonic practitioner. I'm, I'm in my 21st year. So oh, I started okay. oh, my when I was 21. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, it, it instantly in the educate, the professional education pathway with SE instantly landed Mm. um yeah that's how Mm. I got started (laughs) so cool so cool I'm I'm going to to look up gyrotonics in the Ottawa area I don't know yeah I don't know if there are there are some practitioners there actually and there is actually a jarkinesis teacher who is in a wheelchair teaching oh, wow. accessibility based gyrokinesis classes and in, in she sounds amazing. Oh, yes. Okay. I would love to connect um, For sure. with her. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Please yeah. do. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. There's just so many, um, like I said, you know, as a mental health clinician, in fact, we talked earlier about the study group with Candy. I started that as I was finishing I think I was finishing my SE and I was working in my practice using SE and started to realize that I was bringing people to places that were farther than we had really practiced because it was, you know, it's an evolution. And as um, trauma clients were coming to me and I was working with them longer using SE work, I didn't have the opportunity to do a lot of consults on that because, you know, when you're initially starting, you're just starting and everything feels new. And then, you know, there's that evolution. And so, um, and Candy and I connected like really quickly. Um, she's got family up here that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So we've got that Canadian connection. Um, and she's also a play therapist, so works with kids. So we have that piece as well. Um, and so, uh, Oh my gosh, I was getting on a tangent with Candy. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, easy just to the, do. She's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but but the I think I was also noticing at the same time that I wanted to really hone in on my, you know, my higher level skills in SE, but also the movement piece and even the body worker side, right? Because I'm I'm I don't have like a massage therapist, uh, osteopath, cranial sacral, I don't have the nuances and the expertise that those individuals and professionals bring to SE. And so as I was progressing, I was like wanting to learn more and more about, you know, all of these aspects and then movement being a big part of that. Um, I'd sort of quasi done yoga stuff in the past, but when I was going through my training, I was you know, you're feeling that dysregulation in ways that you don't really understand. At least I didn't. Maybe yourself as a, as a, you know, using your body as a tool, as you mentioned, you were more attuned to that. But for myself, that was kind of, you know, I'd worked out and I even taught aerobics back in the day. So movement was a part of my life, but not in the way that it was settling my nervous system. 
Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm almost at the point where I would label it as fascinated with those of you that bring your lens into the umbrella of somatic experiencing work because um, it just all fits and makes so much sense. And I'm so appreciative of those of you that can bring your expertise into, you know, these types of conversations. Um, because again, people are, you know, researching stuff and they're trying to understand their bodies more and uh, coming specifically for somatic work. So it's awesome to know, you know, specific things that uh, might be available to them. Um, how has your life subsequently changed for you since SE? I mean, I think you kind of delved into that a little bit just by nature of what brought you to SE. But what have you noticed has changed, if anything, for you since SE? Uh, wow. How long do we have? Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I feel like SE is like a lens. It's like a pair of glasses you put on. Mm -hmm. And once you've put them on, you, they never come off. Like yeah. they're, it changes the way you see the world and you yeah. see people. Mm -hmm. um, man, like so many ways, uh, you know, my, my 20s, I, I kind of grew up in uh, like a meditation spiritual school, which mm -hmm. I had um, so many great, great things developed. Um, but, you know, even from within that, there was, um, you know, like the idea of karma or um, mm, different spiritual processes, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, you're, you're not the mind, you're not the body, you're, you're whatever light or mm -hmm. love or whatever. And mm -hmm. I, it never again, like it never felt right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like SE has done this like amazing process of de-shaming mm -hmm. all of that kind of dogma. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that goes across any religion, any spiritual practice, mm -hmm. any education process. Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up in a dance, in the dance world, in mm -hmm. ballet school, like, Oh, deep sigh there. Um, yeah. you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a world that could really use some basic understanding yeah. of the nervous system. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, slowly happening. Uh, I, I hope, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, I guess everything of my, in my past history of education, the way I started to look at my clients, um, you know, why, you know, clients that I've worked with for like seven, eight, nine years weekly, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I have been giving them the same quality of information mm -hmm. about movement and how to connect the body. Uh, and it sometimes seemed like we're starting over at day one every day. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. it, it gave me a lot more understanding mm -hmm. of what was happening in this person, mm -hmm. why information wasn't you know integrating in almost. integrating yeah uh, becoming part of their 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 embodied their everyday. identity exactly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I think it helped me to not get frustrated mm -hmm. as a practitioner mm -hmm. uh it and then it gave me this whole real toolkit 
mm-hmm. of how to go in the back door, you know, yeah. like keep being um, curious. Mm-hmm. I think Essie made me really curious mm-hmm. about things that might be overlooked or just like, oh, that's how this person is, mm-hmm. or don't push the subject with them, or, uh, yeah, it, I, I think of everything, the way that Essie has made me curious mm. is, is probably the greatest gift I've gotten from it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it, uh, maybe if I can add, is yeah. like also noticing, um, it's when that curiosity needs to come into action because noticing my own nervous system Mm -hmm. and when, when I might start to get frustrated in Mm -hmm. my work or when I'm tired or Mm -hmm. when I'm overworking, um, what is triggering that response in me? Mm -hmm. And that's the moment. If I can find pause, notice what's Mm -hmm. happening in me, Mm -hmm. I can approach this problem or this puzzle that mm-hmm. I want to try to help this person through mm-hmm. with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's a different language because when we're, and that's what I so appreciated with the training, as much as I did not like the pods, <laughs> um, the little groups that we used to do for, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better term, role-playing. Um, oh my gosh. Like the, the depth at which it, it just, um, brings the learning to, and also the way the program is developed in us sort of like what you just talked about, essentially you're saying curiosity in own self there, you know, the ability to pause ourselves, notice attune to our nervous systems and recognize what's coming up for us. To me, I help, I feel like that helps with that de-shaming piece too, because mm-hmm. again, we're nervous systems pinging off nervous systems. So if we're not aware, but our body's showing up with that frustration, for example, then this, you know, just the ebb and flow of the togetherness or the, you know, being in the same space as someone, it's going to, you know, project onto the other. Um, mm-hmm. And then I use that analogy a lot. Like when you said SE is like a lens that... Um, comes on and never came off. Uh, for me, I'll say to people, it's like, you know, you look out the window and you see the green trees, but the green just looks different. You know, there's a vibrancy to it when we've attuned to ourselves, we've oriented ourselves, we've honored, you know, where we're at in this moment, what needs to happen, or we honor that we need to take that pause and take a little bit more time to be curious and you know, create that safety and what that is rather than the do, 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 and the go, 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 which is, you know, just, unfortunately, it's kind of the social construct of how life is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the planet sun movement thing, that's, that's new. I haven't heard of that before. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my like science geeky side of myself was like, oh, I get this. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, that's so cool. So cool. So you've, um, I want to have you talk a little bit more about your work, the gyrotonics and stuff. Um, and you can let people know where to get in touch with you if they're listening to this episode and they want to reach out or just get more information about the work that you do. 
Um, what are you noticing? I mentioned earlier that I'm noticing people specifically asking or coming to me for somatic experiencing work, or even other practitioners are referring them to me specifically for that work, because maybe they've felt like they've gone as far as they can and they know something about the SE work and they realize that, you know, it's maybe out of their scope of practice, but what are you, are you noticing people looking for that work, you know, somatic work in particular, but maybe not because of the gyrotonics piece. Is it more so just your experience and how you sort of um, bring that into your client's awareness or are some of your clients coming in knowing about somatic experiencing? Um, so are, are you kind of asking me, what does my work look like? Like, how am I using SE? Well, sorry, yes. I, no, no, okay. I, I wasn't very clear. So, no, that's fine. I wasn't clear and I okay. apologize. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of my latter question. But I'm wondering, I guess, to be more specific, do you have people, and there's no um, agenda other than curiosity, do you have people coming directly to you because you do somatic experiencing work? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's just, I don't know why that blows my mind, <laughs> but it does because um, I just love that people are really wanting to learn more about their bodies in ways that isn't just sitting on a couch. I guess that's why that excites me. Yeah. You so know, what are you noticing about those requests? Yeah. You know, I would, I, so I noticed something, if this is okay, it, mm -hmm. um, is I notice because most of the people in my cohort, um, like 90% of them were mental health therapists. Mm -hmm. And that, because I think P Dr. Peter Levine comes from that background, but he mm -hmm. also comes from other backgrounds, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, that has been where the uptake has been, right? Maybe because hopefully if you're, if you're in that line of work, there is, um, there's a necessity and a compassion Mm -hmm. to understanding the human being uh, more, but it's become <laughs> predominantly that. But mm -hmm. I guess I don't, I don't uh, think of myself as like, that is what at normal SE work and I'm doing, I'm bringing it to some other work. Mm -hmm. Like I don't make that separation in, in my perspective on it. Mm -hmm. I think that what I have seen is mental health therapists have one, like one mm -hmm. angle at it. Yes, yes. But I see aspects of application of the work that I don't, I haven't, I don't see modeled for me. Mm -hmm. And, and that was a lot of like my three years in my training, mm -hmm. it often didn't work for me to do what we were doing in triads and training mm -hmm. because of the contract I have with my clients that we're mm -hmm. doing movement-based work. Mm -hmm. So it was very different. Mm -hmm. It was things like, where am I standing in relationship to your sight line? Mm -hmm. Am I cueing you from behind you? Mm -hmm. Or am I cueing you from in front? Am I cueing distal mm -hmm. parts of your body today? Mm -hmm. or are we cueing proximal to your pelvis and spine? Mm -hmm. Am mm -hmm. I working with diaphragms? Am I asking you to push or pull? Mm -hmm. what, what kind of nervous system stimulation am I asking this to have? Do you need to raise sympathetic arousal right now? Mm -hmm. Or do you need to relax? Do you need to relax it down and mm -hmm. have more rest and digest? Mm -hmm. Do you need to move quickly today? Do you need to move slowly? These are all aspects that I see in SE mm -hmm. 
that I think are part of the education, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, aren't. But the modeling wasn't there. The modeling wasn't there. Yeah. But, but you know, um, in my third year of training, I had uh, a, a super opportunity to be a demo client with mm. Peter um, in a workshop he did with SE for performing artists. And the oh way I gosh. saw him work with performing artists yes. and that there was, um, there was this instant uh, ability to see change because the artist would play a song, give a monologue, do a movement sequence. Peter would work on them for mm-hmm. five minutes. Mm-hmm. They would play the song, give the monologue, do the dance again. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like as an audience member, mm-hmm. the song sounded different. Not mm. only sounded, it resonated in the room different. Oh my my body received it different. Wow. The imagery that I saw from the music or yeah. the words or the character was richer. It, huh. it was just so fascinating. I bet. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, I bet. Because we don't get that in a seated therapeutic model, mm-hmm. right? We They leave the office, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Peter, quote unquote, did mm-hmm. SE with mm-hmm. me as mm-hmm. the model client, mm-hmm. looked nothing like what we did in our training. Mm, yeah. he w- it was literally, it so was the way cool. he looked at me and walked across the room. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put that more clear. That yeah. sounds like nothing. But to me, that, well, I'm just impressed that you got to work with Peter. <laughs> it was amazing. Like I, it, yeah, like, in, what a, in my field as a dancer, right? What a fantastic opportunity for you so, to, yeah, yeah. So I think that you know, um, okay, like this is a simple example. Like you have a client coming to you in a mental health context, right? Mm-hmm. You're working on, I don't know, their diaphragms, or you're working on something trauma in their pelvis Mm -hmm. and they are going and they're doing a workout daily Mm -hmm. that's teaching them to brace their abdominals Mm. and like some no shame to crossfit it's Mm -hmm. great for some Mm -hmm. things but like say that's the workout Mm during that is counterproductive yes yeah so finding a movement base that's simply gonna you know that's going to complement um and enhance and bring them into physicality because mm-hmm. it's often, I think, more complex than like um, uh, the goal's not always, you know, you know this, the goal's not always to get them to relax more, right? Like well, many and- of the clients, like in order to deal with the stress of their mm-hmm. world, actually need to kick and punch and throw things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. on a physical level. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I work with a lot of um, the policing community. Ah, uh, excellent. Yeah. And so um, fitness is a part of their day to day because of what they do. And mm-hmm. so having conversations around, because there's always this notion of pushing through and having, you know, CrossFit difficult, really, or even hit, you know, those hit trainings yep. that they do, like super high intensity, but then not sort of offsetting that, balancing that out with, you know, stretching or just a, a, a walk or, you know, um, so I'm, this is all stuff that I'm, recognizing is a big piece of what is missing. So that's, again, why I wanted to chat with other somatic experiencing practitioners, because 
people would come to me and want the mental health piece specifically. But when, after I would hear what was going on for them, I was like, well, I think you'd actually be better off with another SE practitioner that actually is, you know, someone like yourself that Mm -hmm. does movement or someone that does more body work. Um, Because when you said, you know, um, someone coming to me and wanting to work on diaphragm, I'd even back it up a bit more. They'd be coming to me wanting to work on their anger issues and not recognize that it's, you know, manifesting as anger, but it's more that like holding the anger in the body, because maybe there's been, you know, some sort of assault related to the pelvic area or something Mm -hmm. like my, you know, skills are broadening my information acquiring skills are allowing me to talk to people like you and realize that there's an absolute uh, need for this kind of conversation for people to hear kind of what we're talking about. Um, I will say this, I think might feel a little bit, I don't know all the details, but, um, this might be a little bit exciting for you. Um, the Ottawa cohort, they just graduated a class in April. Um, they finished up advanced and they're starting a new cohort in September at beginning one. And, um, it's my understanding that they're really trying to, they recognized, I don't necessarily think as that specific cohort, but just, um, the Institute as a whole recognized, I believe from what I'm seeing and hearing that the mental health aspect, you know, as you said in your training and cohort is a big part of who is being trained and they're, they're trying to diversify that. Um, and so, and more people are applying for the training so they can, it's not just first come first serve is my understanding. They're being a bit more selective in allowing others, other professions and other lenses and, um, all of that into the training to enhance that piece of it. So to balance it out a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I, the little time I spent with Peter in that course, I have the feeling that he sees applications for this work everywhere. And Mm -hmm. that is what is really interesting to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I think that that's really important Mm -hmm. that something shifting. Yeah. Something shifting. Um, You know, I I just assisted advanced too. And Mm -hmm. so finished my first round of assisting and Mm Uh, it was interesting to rewatch this group because a lot of them came from the cohort that I assisted beginning and intermediate, mm-hmm. but watch this group transition into the touch work. And mm-hmm. like I personally remember, you know, um, seated talking is not anything I've ever had training in. And the first two years were That's brutal. All it, was. <laughs> it was brutal because all around me are these mental health people look like they, that this is like second nature, you know, and I'm getting my triad and I'm like sweating (laughs) profusely. I do remember people feeling that way in my, when I assisted too. Yeah. It was so tough. Right. Like, and I, I, like, Mm. I remember sitting down looking at this person who's going to be my client and like, because the subject in the room, right. It's Mm -hmm. already, it's in the space. Like I could see almost like, um, like I learned to develop a character in mm. performance, right? Okay. It was like I could see the story uh-huh. coming before they said anything in their body, right? Wow. Like in their facial expression. Yeah. I had no idea how to piece it out mm-hmm. with talk, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. If we could have done some <laughs> movement in that triad, I probably could have oh, figured it boy. out easier, right? Yeah, yeah. But once we oh, got to so advance cool. too, I was like, 
oh thank god like we're yeah. finally <laughs> we're finally here why didn't we start here? yeah like why yeah. didn't we start with touch because I feel so I I know how to do this with my yeah. hands Aww. you know so I love you hearing know, I, that yeah I yeah. think it's just um depending on what you've honed mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. uh but yeah I I do wish that the training I mean I have no idea how they would do this but like mm -hmm. you know um but the training the education pathway recognized different skill sets mm -hmm. sooner in the process because mm -hmm. I think some people um I mean, they, they either I, might not go on at all, correct. or they're struggling and overriding the entire time they're there and not really getting out of it yeah, what we I would mean, hope the, they would, you know? There was like two movement people, like one other movement person in my cohort, and then one in advance, one and two when I took it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, the people who don't come from a massage back, a bo like mm -hmm. a bodywork background mm -hmm. or a mental health background, and are sticking it out, mm -hmm. those people are like, <laughs> those people are like the top of their field because mm. that means they they've have pushed had through no all of support this. with. Wow. Exactly. They've wow. pushed through and they figured out on their own. Oh my gosh. You're giving me this. like goosebumps right now. Like I had no <laughs> idea. I, th I think I kind of passively did, but no idea the depth that how difficult for someone yeah. like you, it is to go through the training. I'm so appreciative of you mentioning this and talking about this. So I think it's so important. Uh, one little thing I'd like to add, yeah, add anecdote. So in my, uh, you know, in the trainings we would do before, after trainings, we would do the consults, like mm -hmm. the group case consults, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I presented two clients two different times. And I was literally given the exact same feedback on both clients on mm. what to do with them. Mm. So this is also a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Because the person was not trained. My, my faculty is not a movement-based person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So was giving me kind of like body work mm -hmm. things to do, mm -hmm. which is a bit out of my scope of practice. Mm -hmm. So, but they gave me the same feedback on two different clients. So being the kind of, you know, pain in the butt that I have been my whole life, the third consult, <laughs> I showed up because I was working on um, a, um, a virtual reality performance project at oh, the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was doing this site-specific project where mm -hmm. you, would, you would come to a place with your phone and it was geolocated um, mm -hmm. uh, virtual reality. So mm -hmm. you could access a performance on your phone, standing in the location where the dancers had recorded it. Okay. It was kind of a cool, like, yeah, art, like public it. art thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I brought this in as my client. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I thought she she asked a very different question, like yeah. a, you know, so yeah, I, I you wanted, wanted a different response. Exactly, mm -hmm. I wanted a different response. And mm -hmm. if you're not going to give me a different mm -hmm. response, then I'm going to show up with something else. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how can I work with the visual field and you know what this person is potentially going to see in a way that's trauma informed that creates you know 
of, of sense of belonging. And also that like when you're looking in a phone at a virtual reality, mm-hmm. you are unaware of your actual visual mm-hmm. reality mm-hmm. in the present moment, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I thought, I think this is a really interesting like play mm-hmm. that VR has in a therapeutic context. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And literally the faculty said, Mm-mm. this is not a client. Does somebody else have a real client to present? Oh, Jane. Oh my gosh. They didn't know how to respond. No. And, and, you know, I was like, actually, I started saying, I'm going to present this because I attended this workshop with Peter Mm -hmm. and I feel like Peter wants Mm -hmm. SE to be expanded into Mm -hmm. different realms, Mm -hmm. particularly Mm -hmm. into the performing arts. Mm -hmm. That's where I started. And then Mm -hmm. that was the response. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, wow. So you've had to navigate this so much on your own, but your tenacity and your confidence and your trust in your, like you said, at the beginning, your deep exploration and movement Mm -hmm. and your comfortable and your trust with that and be able to bring it all together and be able to kind of speak to it in the way that you are just right now. That's very different. And I do think (laughs) it needs to be spoken about. A hundred percent. Because I'm here yeah. telling you as a mental health clinician, like I'm not at the top of my game when it comes to SE. I'm still learning. It's been, you know, oh, me too. I, you know, I don't think we <laughs> I ever mean, It's like a lifelong Oh, absolutely. Process. Absolutely. <laughs> but I very, um, oh my gosh, we could go on and on and on. But I very much recognize that there was a whole, and I've had this conversation with others in my cohort, that there's this whole body of information and feedback and a lot of the things that you just spoke about that, I absolutely understand what you're saying, but I didn't know what I didn't know, you know? And I think right. <laughs> that didn't sound very good. I didn't know. No, but that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean same with me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I learned so much from the mental health clinicians in mm-hmm. my cohort, mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And I constantly go to them with questions. Mm-hmm. Like I have this client, I know that there's developmental trauma happening here. Mm-hmm. Can you help me understand, like, give me a headline version of what's happening mm-hmm. so that I know what to set aside that's outside of my yes. scope of practice yes. And, yes. and what it is I can work on yeah. with this person inside my work. So like, well, I'm so grateful for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that at the end of the day, that person that you're working with, for you to be able to set that aside and make the proper referral, we yeah. all have to work together in this because trauma is so complicated. And the depths at which we all need to have some understanding of what the other is doing and specific to the, the presentation of the client, the individual person, I think is what to me helps me stand in my professional integrity because I just want to help the person as, as much as I can. And sometimes it's recognizing that I can help them and yeah. not pursuing it. And unfortunately I'm not seeing that recognition, right. And a lot of others who, again, they don't know what they don't know, but I think it also comes back to that part of being curious about self and it's not an ego thing. It's a, it's, you know, my nervous system's feeling uncomfortable here. Why? Because this isn't my, you know, when you start talking about diaphragm and pelvic and all of this like internal stuff, I have some knowledge, but very little compared to, you know, someone like yourself and, and others. So super appreciative of the insights here that that we've been having. And this is what I'm finding with these podcast interviews is it's kind of 
like I said, helping to inform me, educate me, but also I wanted people to like on my website when they were seeing this podcast series to feel a little bit more okay to not have to go to a mental health professional because I found, you know, again, if I'm getting referrals from another mental health clinician, there's this, you know, notion that, okay, this is who I need to see. But like I said, I was, you know, hearing Mm. their stories or reading about what their presentation with their challenges or obstacles were. And I was like, but I actually think you'd benefit from this first, you know, and maybe we could come over here and do this later. But I just didn't think there was conversations like this happening to create that comfort level, that awareness level for others to realize. So for example, um, there was um, a male, a man had graduated in the training and he did, uh, I don't know, let's pretend it was craniosacral or something. Uh And so uh, someone had been referred to me and I was understanding what he did versus what this person needed. And I felt like that was a better referral, but Uh because the person was a man, the individual immediately didn't want to work with them. And so that was disappointing. I completely understood, but also disappointing because it's like, but this person has a really specific skill set and has the somatic training that, you know, if, if we could even do some sessions to help you go see that person, I think you're going to benefit more because Mm. of what they can do. But there was this immediate sort of, no, I can't because this is a man. And so, um, but I also think it was lack of understanding that, you know, that person is very capable. Um, you know, how can we sort of break through that barrier? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I guess I, I, I kind of understand. I prefer female body workers as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, and there's a fine I, line there, right? It's there's a, a fine, fine line. line. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, I think like the people they've gotten was, I have a listing on the SE website and, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like the people who have come to that, it's kind of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, um, to honestly, probably more of my clients come to me through gyrotonic mm-hmm. and then find the work really interesting because I have this really different angle on mm-hmm. how we do movement. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where most of my SE work comes through mm-hmm. is through that vein. Mm-hmm. I have had some people come through the SE website, um, not so much SE referral because I don't know that many people here in Toronto because mm-hmm. I didn't do my training here. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know a couple that I was like in a study group with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the people who come through the SE website, I think some are the people who are like, I'd much rather move than sit with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So it could also be like they're have kind of a, maybe had a less than positive experience with somebody in a clinical mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. and they are open to trying something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. This person didn't, yeah. unfortunately wasn't open to trying something else. Wasn't yeah. open to that, which I respect. Like I'm not going to push anybody out of there, but it's, it was unfortunate to me. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is a barrier, but you know, it was, there could have been someone else that was female that um, I don't know if they would have went to because it wasn't the mental health piece. And this is, I think that other yeah. part that I, like I said, when I'm getting people 
looking for, and it has to do with payment of services as well. There's a financial piece, yeah. you know, because if I they mean, don't have coverage and all that stuff. That's a difference. That's a real yeah. factor here in Canada. Yeah. That is not in the US because I feel um, like in the US, it's like, if you help me and I feel better and this is improving my life, then I pay for you because I have to pay for yeah. you no matter what your life yeah. insurance is. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, because uh, they don't have the insurance the same right, way as us. There's okay, no insurance. Gotcha. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of a different mm-hmm. um, focus there. Well, it's different um, even in Ottawa too, because I worked rural, like um, west of Ottawa. And uh-huh. when I started focusing my practice here in Ottawa, being a big federal town, essentially federal government town, um, mm. people have the uh, the extra income or the benefits, but they have the extra income over here to offset anything that isn't covered under benefits, whereas others don't have they just simply don't have the uh, have the it. funds, yeah. So it's interesting because it is it is a big problem because I think there's a lot we could do with a little bit of stuff if people just had access to it. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I think Toronto um, being such a big city, and there's you know the neighborhood I'm in is a higher income level. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, definitely there's. I mean, this is a whole nother conversation, but there's definitely work like I wish I could do mm-hmm. if I had some kind of public funding to support mm-hmm. a population that mm-hmm. can't afford to pay me my hourly rate mm-hmm. so I can mm-hmm. afford to pay my rent mm-hmm. in, the, yeah. you know, in the Queen West neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole bureaucracy conversation know. you know i know but, um we have to rein it in right because yeah. we have to take care of ourselves and yeah not so, take on you know um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a it's definitely different like mm-hmm. the the practice i have here is de- private practice is definitely different than it was in the u.s like mm-hmm. simply based based on that i mean also the demographic of toronto mm-hmm. but uh yeah i have less people that are like weekly clients most of my clients see me like twice a month Mm -hmm. where in the states i had people coming like you know twice a week Mm -hmm. so i think Mm -hmm. that's it's just a little bit different work Mm -hmm. that i do in a way more s it actually lets me be a little more se based because Mm -hmm. I'm not their go-to every day or every mm-hmm. other day. Mm-hmm. They're um, doing, taking the work we do and applying it more into, you know, maybe they swim or they, you know, mm. other things that they do in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is, it is significantly different mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. based yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine in, you know, smaller cities or rural mm-hmm. communities, it's, mm-hmm. it would be significantly mm-hmm. harder yeah. to be an SCP without a license. Yeah. Yeah. A licensure. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this is a work in progress. It's <laughs> <laughs> a work in progress. So Jane, yeah. let's get ready to wrap up and I'd love, Sounds love, good. love for you to share with those who are listening your, um, your website mm-hmm. and where people can reach you and get in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. My, my website for my gyrotonic and SE practice is resilientbodygyrotonic.com. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the Queen West neighborhood of Toronto and mm-hmm. uh, often traveling around the U.S. as well teaching. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm in a city <laughs> near you if, I, if you're not here. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do get a lot of listeners from the States, actually. Um, yeah, so if anyone wants to get a hold of you, it's at resilientbodygyrotonic.com. And so there's a contact um, link there for someone to reach out to you. Jane, this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm so appreciative for your time today and for connecting with me and enlightening me yet again with the depths that this type of work and the lens that you bring into um, the work. And I'm very excited that others are going to hear our conversation today. And I hope that it opens up new ideas and opportunities for them for healing, because, you know, there's such incredible work that, um, that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. You take good care. Have a good rest of the weekend. You too. Okay. Bye, Jane. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that information provided in this podcast is not therapy and is not a substitute for receiving help from a licensed or regulated healthcare professional. For more information on this episode and links discussed here today, please see the show notes. Please also visit my website, which includes more resources and social media links, as well as ways of getting in touch with me at julieclarktherapy.com.